Blood, and thank you for tuning in once again to the Herp Report with Jason White. I'm your host, John F. Taylor, as always. And uh, in this episode of the Herp Report, we talk about uh, nesting uh, American alligators, uh, the Chinese rescuing some snakes, and uh, some other pretty cool topics. So we hope you enjoy. Welcome, Jason, to the uh, Herp Report with Jason White. How are you, sir? Very good, John. How are you? Good, good. So I uh, got a little bit of allergy attack today from uh, going out and playing in the weeds again. Oh, boy. So... <laughs> I feel your pain though, man. I know the uh, I know the allergy thing. I, you know, and sometimes even the medicines don't even work for me. I don't know about you personally, but man, it's it's horrible sometimes. It's the time of year. Yeah. You honestly know what worked for me. I, I took two allergy pills. I took cough medicine, and what worked for me is my wife went down to the coffee shop and bought me home a mocha. Hey, you know, it's sometimes it's the little things in life that always work. You know. Ever since I started drinking, <coughs> feeling better and better. There you go. Awesome. So, um, a couple of croc stories uh, in the Herb Report this week. Um, I guess the <laughs> I guess the first one to start with would be the guy that wanted to woo the ladies with the crocodile in his kitchen. Yeah, the, the, Talk to us a little bit about this, man. That's just <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just a little bizarre, even for it, it me. Is a, it, this is an update to the original story, which is very foggy in my head. But basically, what it comes down to is the man was caught. He had a an alligator in his kitchen that he purchased to uh, impress women, according to him. And he uh, finally, uh, a Cook County judge finally uh, slapped him on the wrist, literally, uh, just about with a 100-day conditional discharge, um, which, is kind of, I mean, it's kind of unnerving to me. And yeah, so this conditional discharge, what you know, it's like, what, you can't own Crocs for 100 days? <laughs> I mean, what the hell? No, I, I'm sorry, did I say 100 days? I meant a year. Oh, okay, well, one year, whatever. I mean, that's still just really odd, you know, that... Well, I don't know. I mean, first of all, he's keeping an animal illegally. He had to go out of his area to buy the animal. Um, and he's keeping it in a tank in his kitchen. Uh, it seems to me this is something the Humane Society would be all over, and maybe they were, I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't believe the uh, the judge actually uh, gave him a little lecture telling him it's only a matter of time before somebody got bitten, and what was he planning on doing then? Yeah. And his answer was throw it near a swamp. So That's awesome. Uh, now, let's look at this. Not that's quality right there. Somebody neglecting his animal and owning an illegal pet, but somebody that's going to knowingly release an animal out into the wild when it got too big. Right. Right. So, yeah, Chris Law and I talked about that in his uh, croc interview, which is uh, croc and alligator interview, which is going to be coming out here soon in the reptile living room as well, on the uh, interview with an expert series about, you know, ownership of, you know, uh, crocodiles and alligators and what have you, and just some really amazing stuff in that interview. Yeah, Chris is, uh, you know, I, I don't have too many dealings with him except only on, on Facebook and stuff. But right. He's, uh, he's, he's a smart person. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he really is. Now, the other um, uh, story in the news involving crocodiles and alligators, a crocodile decided to, or an alligator, you can correct me, whichever one it is, decided, to, I'm sorry? American American crocodile decided to uh, decided that a mulch pile in this person's front yard was the best place in the world to lay her eggs. Uh-huh. That's awesome. <laughs> now, what's even better though 
I mean, that's really cool. I mean, I think that would be cool. If that happened to us, that would be, you know, we'd be freaking ecstatic. We'd be putting them in the incubator. <laughs> we would be. Now, but this is really cool. The action, Now, was it fishing game, or do we know who it was that actually rescued the nest and is, you know, actually well, going to hatch these say, out? They say state wildlife officers, so I'm assuming the, uh... Yeah, the um, presumption would be fish and game then, I would think. Yeah, uh, whatever they're called in Florida. In Florida, right. Um, uh, I think it's fish and wildlife, but regardless. Fish and wildlife, yeah. But anyway, this, the, the man apparently called and reported that there was a, a crocodile in this mulch pile doing what he believed was taking part in nesting activities, and the uh, Fish and Wildlife Service, when, when they went out there, uh, they... Apparently the man was uh, mixing up his mulch pile and damaged several eggs, and they went out there and collected the eggs. And oh, okay. Yeah, they don't they don't say where they're going, where they went, or anything. I, presumably they're being released, but uh, apparently several of them went bad, and there's still a few that uh, that are viable. Well, well they, they they had I guess they had a couple hats. Oh, cool. Um, there were still some left that they were going to give a couple more days to uh, give them a chance to hatch. Right on. Uh, um, yeah, it, uh, like you said, you know, I, I mean, why can't this stuff happen to us? Yeah, you know, I mean, damn, really? Now, um, so let's jump across the pond here. Um, and now, did, did you see me, before we go forward, okay. um, speaking of this stuff happening to us, did you see the picture of the alligator lizard I put on Facebook yesterday? The alligator lizard? Yes. I saw the praying mantis. I didn't see any alligator lizard. What, do you, what is it? I, I need to go look at this now. <laughs> I put it there yesterday, and would you believe my dog found that in my living room? So see, this stuff does happen to us. <laughs> you see, I just get calls from my friends going, um, there's this extremely large lizard in my in my running around my kitchen. Can you come get it? <laughs> my, my, my wife alerted me yesterday to the dog showing uh, quite a lot of content underneath our couch, and we uh, called him off and started digging around and looking. And there's a uh, it looks like maybe a yearling, possibly um, alligator lizard. Oh, you know, know what? I did see that one. I did see that. I take that back. I did see that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I am absolutely amazed because anybody, well, I mean, in this area, anybody that knows this area or our entire state, having an alligator lizard out and about this time of year, at, you know, the heat of the day is... Uh, yeah, that's pretty wild. I normally only see them out in early to mid-spring and mid to late fall, and the rest of the year, they're just, they just disappear from sight. Huh. So, yeah, this one... Uh, so, moral of the story, it does happen to us. Yes, it does. It does. So. Although, far and few between, reptiles do come and visit us on, on their own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully everybody's got a dog like mine that won't eat them. Yeah, you know, I was talking to a friend in Florida, and her dog likes to eat skinks, evidently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. And while I was teaching him, uh, a gopher snake took a snap at me, and he went after the snake. And the, just the his demeanor kind of told me that he had bad intentions when he caught up with the snake. 
Oh, okay. So I immediately stopped what we were working on and figured, you know, there's no way he's going to be able to do this. But I've never, I've never seen him hurt a, a snake that I that I can prove at least. Huh. Interesting. So I mean, he really sniffs around and and finds them all the time out in our property. But I've, I've never actually seen him bite one or anything. He just normally scares them off. Right. Right. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, Harry, uh, Dr. Harry Green, in his book, uh, Snakes, The Evolution of Mystery, talks about his, uh, I want to say it's an Akita or a Malamute or some, something of that uh, breed that uh, had an encounter with a snake, and he talks a little bit about the uh, dog's reaction to it and, you know, what it means for evolution and that whole thing. It was kind of a cool story. But, uh, so yeah, jumping across the pond again... Um, there was a recent report that uh, the UK pet stores are actually doing better off than the American ones. Well, yeah, they're uh, the, the the pet stores that sell. They say the pet stores that deal in reptiles are doing better than the stores that, that don't deal in reptiles. Huh. And that that's uh, very very interesting. But you also have to understand in the UK, I, of the the few people I've talked to from there. They're a lot better off, I think, than we are here as far as uh, proposed regulations. Yeah, there's some regulations in place that I know that I've talked to a few people over there. But they make sense. Yeah, it's all sensible regulations. It's not, you know, this craziness of, you know, well, you know, the kid got killed by, you know, a 10-foot python because I, you know had a plywood lid on the enclosure and it wasn't secured properly and what have you. You know, it's actually, you know, stuff like, okay, if you own venomous snakes, you have to let us know when you're transporting them, where you're going with them, you know, that kind of stuff. Stuff that, you know, like you said, makes sense. But, uh, yeah, I think we should try to uh, have uh, Gary Rolfe from Northampton Reptile Center on next week and see if we can't catch up with him and uh, see what he has to say about, you know, because uh, he works over there at Northampton uh, Reptile Center. And see what he has to say about the UK stores doing better. See what his experience has been. And that's an excellent idea. But right from the front line, he, should, he would know. Yeah, yeah. And we've interviewed him before, and he's a, he's a great, great guy. <clears throat> now, on the other side of the coin, um, as for talking about you know jumping the pond here, uh, over in China, there was a story that came about that um, some individuals had released some snakes into the wild. What? Dude. Um, the, the the Chinese government confiscated more than fourteen hundred uh, protected snakes. Oh, okay. They they got complaints that peddlers were hoarding them in a couple residential buildings, and they uh, a task force with uh, animal protection experts and police uh, jumped in there and and nailed the people and rescued the snakes. Wow. And, uh, yeah, pretty. Uh, Pretty neat. They uh, I, I now. I'm not, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it because I'm yeah. somebody. But but they they were released up near some river. Okay. So it's, uh, S-O-N-G-H-U-A is how it's spelled. Okay. So yeah, you know, 1,400 protected snakes taken out of the. Oh my gosh! Really, 1,400 snakes. 1,400 snakes. That's. Dear Christ. I think that's more snakes than Brian Barczyk has in his whole collection. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or at least a close second to it, anyway. Yeah, in, in one aisle. 
Yeah, in one aisle, exactly. Jesus. God, 1,400 snakes being held by peddlers. Now, do we know what these peddlers were going to do with them? Because I know in a couple of articles that I've read, and I don't recall the magazine, so I'm not even going to try to name it, but I remember reading at least two articles about Chinese snakes being eaten or used for their uh, gland secretions or what have you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly. I know those those Asian cultures, are they're, they're a different breed. Right, right. Uh, we, we recently had a fairly in-depth discussion, me and a few other people, about the sale of the turtles here in California. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, the Asian market. And, and the, you know, my... my personal belief, while it's not in line with everybody else's, I don't have a problem with that. I, I respect other other cultures. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, the way I see it is we eat cows and the Indians uh, worship them. So, right, right. You know, we, you and I worship turtles, but the Asians like to eat them. Well, so, you know, the thing, the thing for me personally, Jason, is if you're acquiring it legally mm-hmm. and not taking it from the wild, mm-hmm. you know, under... Uh, surreptitious circumstances, shall we say? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, you know, a fishing license for whatever, then, you know, and the fishing game department says, you know, hey, this is the season to go, this is the season you catch it in, you know, kind of like the whole abalone thing, you know? Exactly. And, and, and that's... If, you, if that's the way you're going to do it, you know, yeah, it kind of creeps me out, but hey, you dig it, so... Yeah. Far out, have at it. And that's the turning point of the story in China because these were, quote, protected wild snake species. Oh, well, see, yeah, there, then there that's, you go. That's what makes them douchebags right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, like you say, if it's something legally acquired, um, if, it, if it's something that's not being, you know, cooked alive or anything, I, I don't have a problem with it, but when they start messing with... There's a reason why these things are protected. That's right. Right. Now, the other story I wanted to cover tonight was this uh, interesting story that I found on the tree frogs. And they evidently science has now discovered that tree frogs, uh, and this is direct off the website, uh, tree frogs have specially adapted self-cleaning feet, which could have practical applications for the medical industry. So basically they're talking about, you know, like we were talking about earlier uh, before we started uh, the show here, this could be really big for the uh, medical industry as far as you know bandages, you know adhesives of any kind, really. You know, because I've had I've seen some people you know have cuts or wounds that they literally pull the skin together, paint some like some type of what I call super glue type of stuff over it, and just let it dry, and they don't even stitch it or anything. So maybe this is what they're looking at. I really have no idea what. You know these uh, mucus secretions would be used for as far as the medical industry. Yeah, they don't. They don't really hit on too much detail. Yeah, it's this article that was put out, but uh, you know, I think the possibilities are. I mean, if, if you've ever known anybody that's had a fairly significant surgery or, or wound or something and seen their dressings have to be changed every two hours, mm-hmm. then you can totally understand how some sort of self-cleaning, disinfecting bandage can. Oh yeah, a lot better for not only the victim of the the surgery or the the injury, but the medical professionals themselves. Right, right. 
Now, what's interesting too is we were talking about, you know, again before we started the show here, about how much uh, or how many reptiles are actually being used, or um, I don't know if used is a proper term, but um, they are being given the opportunity to serve the humans now uh, through different collections of venoms and what have you. I know uh, Dr. Brian Fry is working on some venom research. Um, and from some of his research has come uh, some diabetes medications, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, from Gila monsters and things of that nature. And there's a lot of other medications, too, that are coming from you know the venomous snakes out there. Uh, have you heard anything about this? Is, uh, I mean, what's your take on it as far as uh, science and snakes is concerned? You know, it seems to me in just the last month, I, I mean, I don't I don't really have too much of a take on it. I guess it's a short answer. Right. But um, there have been a lot. It, it just seems like there's been so much more coming out in the news about stuff that I, I think the way you put it in your, uh, your article you wrote, actually, about rattlesnakes, uh, myths and misconceptions. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the website. Where you said if you see a rattlesnake, instead of showing it your heel, as the Bible suggests, give it a nod and move away slowly. Who knows? It may return the favor of saving its life one day. <laughs> that, 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 that does ring very true. That hits the nail right on the head. I mean, most of this stuff that, that has been coming out lately that they're working on for be it heart medication or, or anything is being... The science is being done from animals that throughout history have killed us, and now they're saving us. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that we're covering in our uh, in the Fear of Snake series. Is you know where did this original fear come from? And a lot of these anthropologists and biologists and stuff like that all say the same thing that you know it's because they were eating us. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were part of the food chain. <laughs> You know what, another thing, and that, I mean, that's, it, it rings exactly true from where I come from out here in Redneckville. Um, <laughs> most of these, a lot of the people live up here, they, their families, they, they're many generations of families have, have owned their land up here. Right. And, and many, many people have been lost to snake bites. And wow. it goes right okay. back to what you and I talked about one day. I wish I could remember when about the fear of snakes being uh, learned. Learned, yeah. It's exactly what it is. If you go somewhere further on, uh, for example, just the other day I met a cousin I didn't even know I had. Okay. Lives up in San Francisco. Oh, no. Nice. Not, not a snake person. Okay. But not scared of them. Okay. I, I mean, the guy lives up in a big city. He doesn't know about them, but he's not scared of them, and he doesn't kill them and everything. But then you come up here to the country where you've got several generations of family that have, have been in the mining or the lumber industry or something, and they've had family that have been severely affected by, by snake bites throughout the years. Then Oh, yeah. I see what you're learned. saying. Yeah. It, it's learned. It's passed down through the families that, you know, the only good snake is a dead snake. That is their favorite saying up here. Right, right. And, you know, and sadly enough, honestly, Jason, it really does make sense because, you know, if you're brought up like that, you know, you really have... You, and let me rephrase that. If you're raised that way and you try to go against the norm, 
you you stand to lose, you know, a lot sometimes. You know, you're you know, just with different, you know, cultural aspects and things of that nature, you could really put yourself in a bad spot. So you know, and it's always easier to go with the herd rather than go against it. I mean, you know, that's just human nature, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, man, that's just rough. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we made a huge step, actually, and, and this is something I'm very excited about that just happened yesterday morning. Okay. Where I think you and I spoke about where I work. When mm-hmm. Anytime they find a rattlesnake, it's killed. Yep, yep. And I, um... We had a meeting here about a month ago, and they were talking about the snakes being out and about and everything. Of course, because it's summertime, and they're going to be out basking and what have you. Gotcha. Okay. Yesterday morning, somebody called me on the radio to to meet them at a location around the property. Right. Okay. And inside our warehouse, they found uh, like an 18-inch long rattlesnake curled up by some shelves. Okay. And I was absolutely amazed that I scooped it up, put it in a bucket, took it out to the back of the property, and let it go. Um, so they didn't kill it right away. They actually called you first. They didn't kill it. They called me wow. to, to move it. And, the uh, of course, there were you know 50 people around saying, just kill it, just kill it, just kill it. But right. The, the, the people that were in charge of the situation... Uh, kept their mouth shut and stood back and let me work. Nice, and dude. That what you know, being in, in that, like I say, in the lumber industry, it, it, I was absolutely amazed that people that were deathly afraid that have had family members lost to those things are they're now allowing them to be moved rather than killed. Wow, very so cool stuff. Time, times are definitely changing and you know in some places they're changing for the worse but then you have other places and stories like this where they're changing for the better wow very cool man I'm very glad to hear that well, that's good stuff man okay so Jason anything uh, big and pressing the next week coming up I know we have we can't really say what it is <laughs> as of yet because it's still in the works but there's a potential huge story breaking uh, out of Florida is that correct Okay. It's, it's a, let's call it an update to an old story where it's been floating around the news forever. It has been an, abs- an absolute pebble in the shoes of every single snake keeper right. in the country right. since, since, this <laughs> since it came out. Yeah. And things are moving along with this story. Okay. That's so, fair enough. It's very well possible that when your listeners hear this, they already heard the story. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. It it depends on whose show they listen to first. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So there could be just some developments in the Florida stories um, that involve snakes and what have you. So very cool. We'll look forward to that. And uh, we are going to try to get Gary Rolfe on the show next week to talk about... uh, how the UK is better off on their uh, pet stores than the US is. And um, let's see. Yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Why don't you uh, tell your listeners about your new sponsorship? Oh, the new sponsorship for DRN. We have begun sponsoring uh, Daily Reptile News. Uh, every Monday. Every Monday. Jason White was kind enough to uh, receive our sponsorship, which is very much appreciated. 
And so for our listeners uh, to the Reptile Living Room who are unaware of it, uh, we have begun sponsoring the Daily Reptile News. It's a great show. It uh, comes out a few times a week. And uh, Jason White over there talks about uh, you know what's currently happening in the reptile world as far as news, uh, anything that you should be aware of that you might not be aware of due to you know most of the major corporation-owned um, networks not reporting the news as it should be. Uh, check out Jason White at the DailyReptileNews.com, and uh, you'll get the full report on what's actually really happening in the reptile news. And so that's our sponsorship. We've decided to sponsor them. Been working with uh, Jason for uh, a little while now. And, uh, of course, you can always catch him here weekly on the Daily Reptile, uh, or, sorry, not the Daily Reptile News, but the Herp Report with Jason White. And you can always check him out at uh, dailyreptilenews.com, where he gives you the weekly updates on what is actually happening in the world of reptiles. So, yeah, we decided to... uh forward some of our sponsorship uh, allocations onto the Daily Reptile News, and uh, we're going to be continuing on that effort uh, for quite some time. I We really appreciate the Daily, uh, Daily Reptile News is doing, and uh, look forward to a continuing relationship with you guys. And so there you have it, folks. That was the uh, Herp Report with Jason White from Daily Reptile News. Make sure and do tune in to Jason White as he brings you the latest and greatest updates on all the reptile news uh, that you need to know versus the reptile news that's reported by the major corporations, which we all know is crap. And with that, we're going to sign off, and we look forward to hearing from Jason next week, and possibly Gary Rolfe will be on the show talking about uh, what it's like to be in the U.K. with uh, the reptile shops and what have you.